coming up. They both testified that it was time for uh, this pardon to to be uh, recommended, that uh, it was time to correct a 125-year-old wrong. For Vault Studios, I'm Reed Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. There is no doubt that that was uh, that he was guilty of that act on that date. But there's equally no doubt that such an act should have never been a crime in this country. Last month, the Louisiana Pardon Board held a hearing to determine if the record of Homer Plessy, a civil rights activist who was arrested for refusing to give up his seat on a whites-only train car in 1892, should be pardoned. A 125-year-old injustice could finally be corrected. Homer Plessy, the plaintiff in the infamous Plessy versus Ferguson segregation case, could soon be pardoned. Joining us is Paul Murphy, reporter at WWL-TV in New Orleans. Paul, I'm going to ask you to give us a quick history lesson on the Plessy versus Ferguson Supreme Court decision back in the late 19th century. First off, who was the defendant, Homer Plessy, and why was he arrested? Homer Plessy was a Creole man in New Orleans who boarded a whites-only train 125 years ago in 1892 uh, in New Orleans en route to Covington, which is across Lake Ponch train from the city. And he pleaded guilty to violating the separate car act and was fined $25. He refused to move from a whites-only railway car to the blacks-only car. He was arrested and convicted of violating the Louisiana Separate Car Act of 1890. Now, in court, Plessy's lawyers argued the state had violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. But the presiding judge, John Ferguson, ruled Louisiana could enforce that law. This was a case that, that went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and it resulted in a landmark decision called Plessy versus Ferguson. In, in it, the high court upheld the constitutionality of Jim Crow laws mandating segregation under the separate but equal doctrine. That separate but equal doctrine after the Plessy decision is law in the United States from the 1890s up until the mid 20th century. But Homer Plessy himself died before that with this unjust racist conviction still on his record, right? He died in 1925 with that conviction still on his record. And over the years, his descendants have been trying to get him uh, pardoned or get that conviction overturned, which is finally what happened uh, last week here in Louisiana. So take us through that. How does this case end up in front of the Louisiana Pardon Board? Well, Plessy's ancestors and his great-great-great cousin, Keith Plessy, here in New Orleans, had asked the Orleans Parish District Attorney Jason Williams to present this case to the Louisiana Pardon and Parole Board. And in November, uh, that Pardon and Parole Board um, listened to testimony from Williams, listened to testimony from Keith Plessy, and listened to testimony from Phoebe Ferguson, who was the uh, great-great-great-granddaughter of John Ferguson, Judge John Ferguson, the judge that was in charge of this case. And after 13 minutes, the Pardon Parole Board recommended to grant Homer Plessy his pardon. And now to another top story that's really extraordinary. The Louisiana Pardon Board today unanimously recommended a pardon for Homer Plessy. What did the descendants of Homer Plessy and John Howard Ferguson say during the hearing? They both testified that it was time for uh, this pardon to to be uh, recommended, 
that uh, it was time to correct a 125-year-old wrong. And they gave testimony saying that uh, there was justice for Rosa Park, who who may remember uh, have that case where she sat in a whites-only bus as well. And uh, her case led to the uh, separate but equal laws being overturned. Um, So they felt like Homer Plessy should be pardoned and it was time to do so. For my family, I've spoken to several family members uh, and they are extremely happy that this is happening. And I am so proud to be part of this history. And I look forward to the changes in our criminal justice system based on such a positive decision today. Jason Williams testified, our our district attorney. He said, quote, there's no doubt that he was guilty of the act on that date, but there's equally no doubt that such an act should have never been a crime in this country. This is something that is not just important to Mr. Plessy's legacy to this city, New Orleans, and to the state, Louisiana. I believe it is something that is important to this country at a very, very difficult time. This was just the right thing to do. Um, It should have happened a long, long time ago. You also spoke to Mark Morial, the president of the National Urban League and a former mayor of New Orleans. And he talked about an alternate reality, what could have happened if Homer Plessy had won his case in the 1890s. What exactly did he say about that? National Urban League President Mark Morial, being a former mayor of New Orleans, he he knows this case very well. His father was a civil rights leader here in New Orleans for many years. And he basically said that the board's decision was long overdue. And, and he said, he told me, imagine if Homer Plessy had won. We would have... We would not have had 70 years of racial division. We would not have had the system of segregation, separate water fountains, buses, schools, public facilities. We would not have had the levels of disparity in health and criminal justice and economic life that we experienced because that ruling uh, was sanctioned unequal. Uh, so his, his basic takeaway was it's about time, and it was about time that, that, that we recognize Homer Plessy for his place in history. And I know anyone who's spent time in New Orleans has probably seen the name Plessy around. Can you talk a little bit about how Homer Plessy is remembered in the area? Homer Plessy's place in New Orleans is is pretty solid, his place in history here. Um, There is a a street named after him. There is a park named after him. And actually two schools that are named after him as well, an elementary school and a middle school. And it was interesting that, that uh, both Phoebe uh, Ferguson and, and Keith Plessy said that they planned to have conversations with those students about what happened with the, with the pardon and parole board. And she, she thinks that the kids are going to be very excited about that because it's an indication to them that you can do anything if you put your mind, mind to it. And I think that was a pretty good takeaway lesson uh, for everyone here in New Orleans. Something else you mentioned in your news report on this story that I found interesting is that Keith Plessy and Phoebe Ferguson, the descendants of Homer Plessy and John Howard Ferguson, started a nonprofit together. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called the Plessy Ferguson Foundation. And what they do is they go into schools and they teach young people uh, about the civil rights movement and, and about this case, Plessy versus Ferguson. 
in in hopes of of really you know, resonating uh, with them. Uh, you know, you you learn um, how to move forward from history. Uh, and one of the things that that Phoebe Ferguson uh, said and and testified to at the pardon board was she thinks that that her great 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 grandfather would be happy with their decision. Um, because he uh, grew up in Boston, worked for an abolitionist um, law firm, uh, and was uh, brought down here to Louisiana to to, uh, to to get on the Orleans Parish Criminal District Court. And he she says that that he would have been pleased with the decision, which is was, to me was very interesting. And so now this pardon from here is going to end up on the governor's desk, and it sounds like the expectation there is that Governor John Bell Edwards is going to sign it, right? Yes, he says much so that 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 he uh, does plan to uh, take the pardon board's recommendation and and pardon Mr. Plessy. Uh, he is waiting for the right opportunity to do so. He plans to invite descendants of of Plessy and descendants of Judge Ferguson uh, to Baton Rouge and and uh, do uh, a, a complete ceremony where he'll sign the pardon in front of the families. Now, the governor's office says it is planning a big ceremony for the day that they sign the pardon. That could either be in the next couple of weeks or the end of the first week in January. Paul Murphy with WWL-TV in New Orleans. It's a remarkable story. Thanks for coming on to share it. Sure, anytime. And as always, thank you for listening to another episode of The Daily Crime. If you're new, we're here every day of the week, Monday through Friday with a new episode. So make sure you're subscribed to or following the podcast wherever you're listening right now. If you're looking for more podcasts, you can head over to vaultstudios.com or type Volt Studios into your podcast app. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Volt Studios, I'm Reed Redmond.